Welcome in to the Husker Women's Basketball Postgame Show on 93.7 The Ticket. Another post-game show here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm DP, Big Sky, running the board. Nick Sainit will join us later in this hour to go over, uh, from his perspective, what he saw. Uh, 93-83 final. Lots to break down, lots to talk about in this thing. Uh, you guys know the deal. 402-464-5685 if you want to join in the conversation um, or if you've got something that you want to add. Here's in a 93-83-3 ball game, like not all numbers matter. I'll try to highlight the ones that do. Um, again, in a in a 10-point final, that's not indicative of exactly what happened in the course of this game. Uh, not at all. Uh, fantastic start uh, through chaos. The Huskers uh, started the game without three usual starters uh, in it. Uh, no Bella Cravens, no Jazz Shelley, no Sam Hybe. Uh, facing a top 25 Iowa team that they just lost to a week ago. Uh, also with one of the premier players in the Big Ten and the country. Um, tough matchups, even if you had everybody. But to go into it without your big, without your two best playmakers uh, and scores, that's a tough situation to, to be in. Kudos and credit. To Amy Williams and her staff for getting this crew ready. And let me be clear to go through in a Big Ten game and not have, again, your top rebounders, your top scorers, your top ball handlers. What Amy Williams managed to do was to put her young players on the floor, get production, hostile environment, um, gave them an opportunity to win the game, which is what you want as a coach. Uh, I'm not going to tell Husker fans how to feel about this particular particular game. I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it. Um, we'll go through the numbers, so uh, we'll set the table with that. Of course, the lead story on the Husker side of the basketball was the performance of Alexis Markowski. Um, for her to come out and hit uh, six of seven from three uh, premier games, she had 16 points, uh, actually outscored uh, Iowa in the first quarter, 16 to 14. Um, the Huskers had a 16-point lead. Um, they rebounded well. They defended well, especially in the first three quarters of this game. Um, the numbers from that, Markowski finished with 27 points, four rebounds, one assist. A uh, big issue was for her, her four personal fouls, and that affected and impacted the game. Uh, next up was Izzy Bourne. Izzy Bourne with, with 15 uh, on 6 of 12 shooting, one of three from three. Uh, four rebounds in her 32 minutes. So you got some of what you thought you were going to get. Kudos to Ashley Scoggins for running this offense and keeping them in space. She got them off to a good start. She was the calming voice. Uh, she was three of 12 from the three from from the field, three of seven from the three-point line. Uh, but she added six assists to go uh, with her game and just one turnover in 31 solid minutes uh, for Ashley. Um, let's talk about the young people because uh, Allison Weiner uh, getting her first start. Not only is she getting her first start, but she's playing one-on-one -on -one basically with, with Caitlin Clark. And for her to defend and get Clark off of her game a little bit, um, 
Uh, Clark was nine of 22 from the field. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a pretty group. She got a lot. I, 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 I find it interesting. She, she, she hit the floor almost as many times as she shot the ball. Like it's almost like keeping track of things at every bump and bruise along the way. Uh, on the other side of this thing, the, the team numbers, Nebraska shot 46% from the field on 32 of 69 shooting. They shot 14 of 30 from three. 14 of 30, that's quite the night. 13 turnovers uh, versus 19 assists. You want that number to be a little bit more sway toward the assists, but we'll take the 19 assists on 32 buckets. Um, points off turnover, they got 11. Uh, they were out rebounded 37 to 32. For the Hawkeyes, they shot 49 from the field. They, uh, they took 10 fewer shots than the Huskers, which again, another number to, settle, to, to, to circle. They were 29 to 59 from the field, 36% uh, from three. On four of 11, they were 91% from the free throw line. And that's the number. That, that, that's the number. They shot 91% from, from the free throw line on 31 of 34 shooting. They shot 34 field goals from the free throw. Just perspective, Nebraska shot eight. It was the same game, same tempo for both teams, same aggressiveness defensively, same all of that in place. Shame on whoever called that game tonight. It makes no sense to me how that can happen. I believe at halftime, uh, Nebraska had not shot, shot a free throw, and Iowa had shot uh, 20. They were 18 of 20. First free throws yes. for the Huskers came at 428 of the third quarter. I, I want to shout out Amy Williams because had I been the head coach of this team, I would have gotten ejected in the first in the first half. T to to give a team twenty free throws to zero, there were seven sixteen fouls, seventeen fouls for Nebraska to one for Iowa. There's zero metrics in the history of basketball for that to happen. It doesn't happen. So, Big Sky, I'll ask you for your first impression. What's the thing that jumped out to you? It's got to be the free throw shooting. And uh, I come at this from a uh, official's mentality as I'm a hockey official myself. And it, it's those kinds of games where I go, you know, maybe that maybe the game I called two weeks ago where both coaches were mad at me, I wasn't actually uh, as off. Because those numbers are it, – it's, it's inconceivable to think that – uh, you know, Kendall Moriarty, when she gets contact driving to the uh, to the to the rack, didn't get fouled, and then you go down and see the exact same play, and the Iowa Iowa gal gets an and one call. It, it's you, you're watching the exact same play. One gets a whistle and one doesn't, and you can't feel, help but feel slighted as a Husker fan. Yeah, it it, it bounced, and and I was disappointed in uh, Christy Winters uh, and her call. Uh, validating and justifying some of the, the the antics that went on with flopping and, and aggression and that that sort of nonsense but i've she, christy winters is a coach and she's a pretty high level coach matter of fact a state champion coach uh she's from my hometown uh one of the elite basketball players to ever come out she was the female grant hill um of her time she she they went to the same high school they led through the same space and to, to, I've called games that Christy 
and one of her pet peeves is when there is a free throw slash foul disadvantage. Like if you ever want Christy watch Christy Winters game and watch her coach, if the fouls aren't even aren't equally called, she will lose it. So I expected some of that tonight. Did you catch any of the the the, the audio from the from the broadcast today? Yeah, I was listening to the BTN call, and it it it, it seemed like comments where they knew what was going on, but as a broadcaster who's getting a check from the same conference that the refs are, you kind of know uh, not to get too critical of, of the officiating. That's kind of the, the vibe I got. But there were a couple times where they were kind of pumping up the Iowa players for going in and seeking the contact and acting and, and basically saying, you know, they know that they have the advantage on the calls here and they're, they're going to, as any team should, they're going to e- exploit that advantage. Yeah, it just uh, to to watch the game as it called and 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 listen. Don't tell me that you were speechless about the performance of a player. That's literally your job. That's literally your job. Find the words to describe how well the Huskers were playing. Find the words to describe how well Mark Markowski was playing. Find the words to say, "Look, I'm impressed by what Amy Williams has done to get her reserve group of players on the on the court." And to hold court and hold court with with a top twenty five team in the Big Ten, like how simple is that, right? I think this is the biggest thing for me. Is you look at the Huskers and they shot lights out from beyond beyond the arc, you know, fourteen for thirty, and then you go look at the free throw numbers, and basically through officiating, all of those threes, with the exception of four, were stolen from the Huskers because they were just they were they were given to Iowa as freebies, and so. It, it it's it's troubling to watch a Husker team perform at such a high level and and basically have the outcome of the game out out of their hands. It, it's such a swing that eighteen points to none at the free throw line. Look, I don't care how good you are, how well you play. If one team shooting threes. And the other team is shooting free throws. <laughs> the result is going to be exactly what it was. In coaching, in coaching circles, we know that that's the easiest way for officials to come in and change the impact of a game, the influence of a game. I don't look. If they were playing with their three starters and battled at this level, we would be proud. What you did is you stole the performance from this Husker team who you can go up and down the roster and say that several players on this team had their best game of the season. You can say that about Markowski. Uh, You can say that about Kayton, who came in and battled. She didn't shoot well, but she defended an agitated thing. Uh, Ashley Scoggins had more ball usage tonight than she's had all season. Talk about, I mean, Ruby Porter coming off the bench, off, off of sickness or illness, I forget which one it was, but she's there running the point. Uh, Brown came off the bench and ran the offense for large portions of the first and second half, right? Annika Stewart came in, hit a big three, had to battle down the paint. And this, this, the, the officiating to this took that away. And I'll say this. There were times when Moriarty, Stewart, I mean, yeah, Stewart, uh, uh, Widener, you had all of the young players on the floor making plays. And 
look, in truth, I think they may have ended up doing Nebraska a favor because as they go into the Big Ten season, that group of players now know that they belong, they know that they can contribute, and Amy Williams now has a deeper bench to go to. Yeah, I think it was a, a play from Whitney Brown where she played solid defense, had her feet set, and ended up getting a blocking call. And uh, they showed her on the broadcast for, I think, a solid 10 seconds, just mouth wide open. And <laughs> Yeah, it, under the basket. And I yeah. think every athlete has had a moment like that in their career where they just kind of kind of look at their coach like, what was I supposed to do? And the coach looks at him and says, you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, her feet never moved. She was rock solid behind the primary defender. And she just stood there. And she was in the circle. She didn't move. And look, it. Sanzano doesn't need help. She's an elite big. She's an elite big. And for the second consecutive contest against Nebraska, she showed up. Tonight, she had 31 points on 11 of 17 shooting. Uh, she did her thing. 9 of 10 from the free throw line. You You can't. You can't help good teams get through their moments. That's just not what you're there for. Um, 31 for Clark, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, which they worked for the triple double. I didn't like it. I thought it was I thought it was uh, I thought it was weak sauce for them to to continually do what they did just to get the the triple double. But hey, some people don't have issue with that. Um, Sanzano and Clark both with 31 apiece. That's Look, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna beat teams in the Big Ten if they get that kind of help. Clark wasn't even her usual self, so um, kudos to Nebraska's defense. But yeah, you don't want it to become a, a moan fest. But as I watched that game, I felt so good about what the young Huskers did that I, I I'm choosing to look at that as in-game value, and that Nebraska will be better because of it. Uh, putting aside the moaning and groaning, I, I think one of the most encouraging things was the defense that the Huskers played tonight. Uh, Iowa is a team, like they mentioned multiple times in the broadcast, that wants to take and make the three, and they held them to four for 11. They were really, they did a good job taking that shot away from Iowa uh, tonight, and and I think that was that was another encouraging thing, especially with, as you've mentioned multiple times, the youth that was on the court. Yeah, it was. It, 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 it's weird that Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska defended so well in the space that they were supposed to be in, and them defending the three. But once, as a coach, once you find out that officials are going to put you, they're just going to give you free throws, that's how you call your play. Like, you get in the paint, you, you, you simulate contact, you flop and fall, and you go to the free throw line. There was zero reason for them to shoot threes tonight. Look, there's no reason. If you're going to get back in the game, first of all, they're not going down. But second of all, the ability to go in, bang somebody, bump somebody, um, you could watch it. I counted on 11 consecutive possessions. There was a flop. There's an Iowa flop where it, there's the flail. It, it just it didn't seem – it seemed a bit disingenuous. And I, I know fans don't particularly care. But, again, kudos to, to, to this Husker team and how well they battled. Uh, and what they put together. Some more numbers, Big Sky, It it <laughs> as we look through this. So side by side, uh, Huskers uh, shot 46% from the field. Iowa shot 49. Uh, 32 uh, buckets to 29 buckets. And again, Nebraska made more, 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 more baskets than Iowa did. Doesn't really matter. 
Um, Nebraska, they shot five of eight from, from, from the free throw line. No matter how many free throws they take, they're going to have to elevate their free throw game. That That's going 63% will put them in a constant bind in the Big Ten. Iowa shot 91% from the free throw line on 34 free throws. That's bananas. Uh, Iowa won on the boards, 37 to, to 32. Uh, some of that came late in the game um, when the small, when Nebraska went with its small guard units um, to try to make a run. Uh, Iowa with 17 points off turnovers, 13 turnovers for Nebraska, 10 for Iowa. Um, that 13 number, you want to balance it around nine. Um, but here's the thing. The risk and reward for that is where it shows up at the free throw line for opposing team. Right, the way you defend to take chances. Um, Nebraska with 14 second chance points. They were plus four there. Uh, Iowa again. That thing you talk about. Once they figure out that you you you're going to get fouled uh, and go to the free throw line. Iowa with 42 points in the paint. 42 points in the paint and 31 from the free throw line. Uh, it's tough to beat anybody, especially a top 25 team. Who was, what's the big story? What's the headline? Is the headline Markowski? Is the headline the officials? Is the headline, uh, you know, Nebraska's, you know, four, you know, five game streak? What's the headline for you? Big well, am I, am I writing for an Iowa City paper or am I writing for the Lincoln Journal Star? I'll take them both. Let's start with the Lincoln Journal Star. Lincoln Journal Star, you absolutely want to highlight the local, uh, local Markowski going off for her career high in both points and three pointers positive story you don't want to really focus on the negative if you're in iowa city i i got to think you have to acknowledge and just be honest that iowa escaped with a win tonight <laughs> yeah right like it's just it's it's a weird kind of vibe right that um it, from the text line it said just tuned in after the post game uh they hit their free throws 91 percent. they went 31 of 34 look kudos to iowa for figuring out a way to win in a on a night when their threes weren't going down but 31 of 34 versus five, five of eight. That, that, that's, that's, it's insane that a competent refereeing officiating crew put that sort of thing together. Um, and, and again, it, look, I was a very good team. I kind of want to root for them, but they make it really hard <laughs> to like them. Like the style of play is a little nuts. So, Okay, what what say you? <laughs> You've got the smile on your face. Well, you know, I like to talk about you should always cheer for the Big Ten to be successful when they're not playing Nebraska. So I absolutely have to uh, if I'm if I'm being honest and sticking to my guns, I have to uh, I have to have to agree that you want Iowa to be successful. But I don't know. You just these losses can feel gutting sometimes, and you just want. You want revenge. You're, you got you can get get a little bit of a bloodlust after the game because because you you got an L in the in the record, but you feel like you should have won. You played well enough to win, and there's you're just feeling empty. I guess. I I look at it this way. So this team started twelve and zero. They've been, lost four of their last five, but they're thirteen and four. Now on the schedule. Right, you've gone to run through the gauntlet, but the next four games are games that Nebraska should win. Nebraska should win. These there there are no 500 teams in in the next four games. 
So Nebraska should get on a roll, go 17 and four, and then jump back into the pool again. But I think this team has proven itself that it is a tournament team. They're going to have to win six or seven games to get there. The next four, if they do that with three or four, then you you've cut your season in half and you got to play 500 ball the rest of the way just to be guaranteed a spot in there. I'll throw it a break here, but I'll ask you, Big Sky, to ponder and come back with your answer to this. When Bella Cravens returns, who's starting at center for the Husker basketball team? Is it Markowski? Is it is Izzy? Or is it Bella? I'll take your answer when we come back. Now back to the Husker women's basketball postgame show on 93.7 The Ticket. Welcome back. Uh, Huskers fall 93-83 to Iowa in a game that they led for almost 28 minutes. A game in which they started without three of their traditional starters. A game where they dispersed minutes, uh, you know, 19 minutes off the bench for Brown, 20 for Moriarty, 12 for Stewart, 8 for Coley, 9 for uh, for Caton. Um, and on a night where Allison Wiener gave you 21 minutes, uh, it says a lot for the future of Husker women's basketball. They've got some depth. The big sky, I ask, on a night where Alexis Markowski, for a large portion of the game, was the best player on the floor for both Iowa and Nebraska. But her traditional role had been her coming off the bench. Now, when Bella Cravens is healthy, who's the starting center for Huskers basketball? Well, I think you got the answer tonight. Uh, Markowski in her four starts now has uh, averaged just over 19 points, I believe. And she offers that floor spacing ability with her with her range. And I don't think that Bella Cravens necessarily um, has that range. And I think she'd make an excellent piece off the bench. So I think you go Markowski until she... Either Bella Cravens proves otherwise, or Markowski just falls apart. I guess I I, I don't want to put that into the ether, but that's kind of how th- those things work. You either lose your starting spot, um, or somebody takes it away from you. And so I th- I think Markowski has the hot hand, and she's taken the starting spot, and she's really owned it, and she's played really well against some really good teams. And so I think you roll with Markowski, uh, and then you. I think the starting five tonight with the addition of, of a high beat would be exactly what Amy Williams wants. Without Jess Shelley? I think Jess Shelley's, Jess Shelley's the best player on this team. All right, all right, all right, okay. Jazz Shelley, Sam Hybe, add those two in, and I think that's okay. the starting five that you want. So Markowski, Scoggins, Bourne. Yes, and then Hybe now, and Shelley. Right, and then I would I would kind of wrap my brain around this, and to give hope, a texture on the text line says, "Yeah, the the lead story should be this team has heart." I don't disagree. I do not disagree because you went into a tough space without some of your 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 heavy artillery, and you managed to put on a show. Like I, quite frankly, for 28 minutes, I'm not I'm not sure I remember more in entertaining basketball here in my time at Nebraska. I don't know how you felt about. It. 
one thing that stood out to me um, uh, after having watched a lot of the men's team this year is the ball just seemed like it was constantly just zipping around the court when Nebraska was on offense, which was incredibly refreshing. I, I thought that they always, when, when they had the ball, they knew exactly what they were going to do with it. They, you know, made passes with purpose. Everything looked really focused and driven. And uh, that was incredibly refreshing because, you know, sometimes uh, the men's team does not offer the same thing. A lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times. Well, look, we can fantasize about what the men's team would look like if they went 14 of 30 from three. It would be, it would right? be, like, PBA would be wilding. <laughs> it would be different. It would be a different vibe. I also, we can, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that this team now has a pretty good nucleus for the next four years, right? That you've got Markowski, you've got Widener, uh, you've got Moriarty, you've got Coley. Those four are freshmen. Uh, Brown will still be here. Uh, you, you'll have some some folks to deal with. Scoggin has another two years. Um, Porter, it, it it looks like the program is in good hands. Um, I'll go up and down this thing. Nine for Scoggins, eight for Widener, five for Porter. Fifth, a sneaky 15 for Bourne. Like this was this was a quiet fifteen. Like it didn't just jump off the charts at you that Izzy was balling like that. But Izzy gave you fifteen and four, along with three assists. Uh, of course, twenty-seven from Argowski, three from Caton, five from Brown, three from Cravens off the bench in meaningful minutes when everybody else is in foul control, uh, foul trouble, and she had to go out there and and, and kind of put the ankle to to, to the test. Uh, three for Stewart, and then. Uh, Kendall Coley uh, was scoreless, but she did add um, two rebounds in, in her minutes on the floor. It, all of that in play, we don't know how soon Ham, Sam Hybe returned. We don't, we don't really know. There was not much explanation to the Jess Shelley situation and why she didn't travel with the team. There's, there, I, I won't speculate. Um, so we don't know, but they have until Thursday to regroup, recalibrate, and, and get organized. And I said this before, and I don't want to be slightful to uh, to folks on the schedule, but um, quite frankly, Nebraska's got a schedule in front of them that could lead to them getting on a run because they're going to play some teams that aren't as talented as they are. Um, how many wins does this team have to get to? How many more wins at 13 wins? How many more wins does this team have to get to be a tournament team? Well, you said it in the last segment that you're kind of targeting 19. I think 19 or 20 is a solid number uh, to feel like you should be in the tournament. But as we've seen in the past, the Huskers can get a little bit overlooked when it comes to tournament selection time, even after a good season. <laughs> so as many <laughs> as many wins as you can possibly get, I, that's what that's how many I want. I'm I'm looking at like 22, 23, 24 uh, for this team. Uh, that's what I want to see uh, going into the Big Ten tournament and the March Madness tournament. Well, Rutgers uh, at home on Thursday, seven seven o'clock tip. Uh, Illinois next Sunday in Champaign. Back to Pinnacle Bank for Wisconsin. Uh, Purdue uh, on January thirtieth. And then you get to Penn State before you get to Maryland. Of those five games, I'm not sure that 
we, we feel like they, they'd be in trouble. Maryland is where uh, the water gets d- deep, deep again. So they'll have a chance, and then behind Maryland, of course, the rematch with Ohio State, Indiana, Penn State again, Minnesota in a big game here, Wisconsin again, and then Northwestern. Look, if you line that thing up, it's lined up well for, for the Huskers. Uh, we have more answers now than we had before. Um, I thought it was I thought it was this way, Ethan. I, <laughs> I, I kept trying to hear the Iowa crowd, and they were telling us how great the Iowa crowd was. But did you agree that this was the crowd that they proclaimed it to be? There was one instance uh, where I think right before the half, right when I right when I was able to uh, get the game on with the audio because I was watching on my phone on mute in the hockey locker room as I was wrapping up the game. Uh, when I got the audio on, there was one moment where I was like, hey, that sounds like a pretty good crowd. But I didn't really ever get that moment for the rest of the game. And so I think that it might have been kind of one of those uh, those Alabama football crowds that kind of sees enough and then and then leaves at halftime maybe. So that's possible. And it was a theme night, so the student section was likely out in force, and that might have been what, what uh, the two broadcasters were talking about. But I, I only had one instance where I was really impressed by, by what I was hearing from the crowd. I'll ask you this. So who's going to have better crowds going forward, men or the women's team? Ooh. You got me in a, you got me in a spot here. I, I, I think – I think it's going to come down to the opponent. I think the men's team on an Iowa night could draw a big crowd, but I think the women are going to have a little bit more consistency in the number of people that come to their games. So, like thir- Thursday, it's it's Rutgers. Uh, that team seven and twelve. So let's say that in one half of TBA, the men are playing. The other half, the women are playing. They're both playing Rutgers. Which side are you going to go on? I think I think you show up thinking you're going to want to watch the men's game. Uh-huh. Go go to concessions, catch the women's game on the TVs that they have, and go. Hey, screw this whole men's basketball thing. I'm going to go watch a good team, and head on over to the other side of PBA and watch the watch better basketball. <laughs> Michigan, right? This is a thing, right? Michigan is in play. We know what both of their teams look like, right? We 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 know. Right? We're not surprised. They're both pretty good teams. Same question for you. What what, what you want to? Who's going to have more crowds when yeah, they play Michigan? You're going to go see Michigan. You're going to go see Michigan men, or you're going to go see men, Michigan women? I, I don't Michigan the Michigan's men's team is interesting because on their best night they're <laughs> they're lights out but on their on a bad night they're about as tough to watch as Nebraska's men. Uh-huh. <laughs> again, again, I think I think I show up for the men's game and if depending on how it's going 5 minutes in, I might find myself quickly over into the women's side of the uh, side of the court or side of the building. So, here's here's the thing. So, the next 3 games uh the women's opponents have seven, four, and six wins. Right? So this is their the Huskers are going to be favored over the next couple of games. Then you get to finally you get to Purdue where it looks like, okay, we don't really know. 
I'm just asking the question. If you were forced to choose between Nebraska-Wisconsin men and Nebraska-Wisconsin women, what are you going to watch? I mean, if, if, you're, if you're putting me up to it and there are stakes, I'm going to go watch the women's game. I've been right. I've I've been to one men's basketball game as as a student. I went to one men's basketball game, watched them narrowly lose to a Purdue team with Carson Edwards, and I went to one women's game and watched the women uh, lose by ten to Creighton. So clearly, I should not go to any basketball games because I'm a walking nightmare. But the women's game was much more enjoyable. Disregard the fact that I got to be in a luxury box for that game. The women's game was more enjoyable. The women's game was way more fun to watch on the TV tonight, so probably going to go to the women's game if you are, if you are making me making me choose, and there are real stakes and potential harm done to me if I don't pick. Right. I I, I just want to credit the, this women's performance as a as a gritty, gutsy performance. Uh, the kudos to the coaching staff for getting that crew to, uh, to play and get those rotations right and to keep it competitive for for bulk of the game again. You led for twenty eight. It was competitive for 30, 34, 35 minutes of it. So uh, I'm good with that. It got to, it got down within four, and they just couldn't get over the hump. So I do want Nick to get more time. So we'll throw the break here. You can bring in, bring in Nick Sainter. I don't want to bring him in for five, did you, for five did you, minutes. Did you so. catch last time he came on? He couldn't hear the music, and so it went to commercial. He was mid-sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully so he can hear you, the you music work this time. Out a signal or something before yeah. you guys. <laughs> there we go. All right. Thanks, guy. Appreciate you, man. Uh, go Big Red. I'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Now back to the Husker women's basketball postgame show on 93.7 The Ticket. Welcome back into the Husker Women's Basketball post-game show on 93.7 The Ticket. We said goodbye to DP at the end of the last segment, and we'll bring in Happy Hour host, co-host. I don't know how he wants to be identified, but Happy Hour co-host, Nick Sainert. Nick, how are you doing tonight? Good, big guy. What's up, man? Just talking some women's hoops. Yeah, yeah, there's a tough one tonight for sure. I mean... You look at the scoreboard and, and going in, not having or realizing a couple minutes before tip-off that you're going to be without um, uh, Jazz Shelley and, and Sam Hybe and still somewhat uncertain about Bella Craven's status and stuff. So barring all that, they played pretty well, right? And it was disappointing. The second quarter was the big um, kind of difference maker. And listening to Amy Williams talk um, post-game, she was asked about that second quarter and what changed. And she kind of was silent for a moment, and she goes, well, you know, um, Iowa just got to the free throw, and free throw line quite a bit. And, yeah, and I hate, I hate blaming the officials, and I'm not going to do that necessarily, but um, it, was, it was really disappointing to see the, the lopsidedness, if that's a word, in, in terms of foul calls. But for Nebraska, one of the positive things, I want to focus on the positive things. Some of the positive things that you could take away from this one once again, the evolution of just your program and your younger players, right? Allison Widener, Kendall Moriarty got quite a few minutes tonight. Whitney Brown coming off the bench. Um, Amy Williams made sure to, to make sure Husker Nation knew how proud of Whitney Brown she was because she came in, I believe she played 19 minutes. Um, I'd, I'd have to check for sure. Yeah, 19 minutes. Didn't necessarily shoot all that well, but played some big minutes down the stretch 
Um, and then what, what else can we say about Alexis Markowski? I mean, reigning national freshman of the week, Big Ten freshman of the week multiple times, comes out, has 27 points after she gets into early foul trouble. It was just a really, really strong performance, and now the schedule gets a little bit easier for them. They have, uh, I believe, Rutgers on Thursday, which Amy, Amy kind of talked about how they're, they're good defensively, so it's not going to be a cakewalk. But in terms of playing teams like Iowa or uh, Michigan or even um, you know teams like that or at, on the road to Indiana, it's definitely going to be an easier test for Nebraska on Thursday night. Absolutely, and no worries on calling out the uh, officiating. DP and I took care of that in the first segment. Uh, well, it, it was it was just so frustrating, and Nebraska, and including myself, I think Husker fans can get behind me when I say this. I I'm looking forward to not having to see um, I, whether it's Caitlin Clark, whether it's um, anybody else on Iowa do their little head tilt back or head flop back or or fall on the floor any bump of contact, and then you know give I guess in a certain way, give Iowa credit because they've been able to be coached to kind of just fall down, and then you leave it up to the official. And most of the time, unfortunately, especially in the Big Ten, that's going to be a foul call. I mean, they've they've made that quite apparent. So I guess give Iowa credit in terms of that for, for learning how to make it look like a foul a lot of times, but most of the time tonight it seemed like it was physical play and, and it was not being called evenly on both sides. Well, if you just look at the numbers, 34 free throws to eight for Nebraska, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that Nebraska played a significantly more physical game than Iowa to the point where that should be the free throw disparity. You can swallow a slight difference, but that yeah. that drastic is is incredibly hard to uh, wrap your mind around. Well, and I guess on the flip side of that, we talked um, after their loss on Thursday against Indiana. You know, the three point shooting kind of struggled the last two games. Well, tonight. They, they shot better from three, especially with Alexis Markowski shooting almost 50% from, the, from, the, from deep as a team. That's definitely an improvement. That's a big thing why they were still in this game with the big um, you know, lopsidedness in the foul category. So I guess give them credit there. And, and I guess you know give Iowa credit. They, they knocked down their free throws when they um, had the chance. Caitlin Clark, 12 of 12. And, and I don't want to just call out Caitlin Clark because she's, a, she's a really a phenomenal player, and that's why – um, she she gets so many awards and so much attention because she drops 30 each time she plays Nebraska. It seems like she's a phenomenal player, but I just think, like I said, all of, all of Husker Nation will will be happy that they won't have to play against Iowa, whether that's flopping or whether that's you know falling down to any uh, any sort of contact until the Big Ten tournament at least. Uh, focusing more on the positives for Nebraska, DP asked me this question. I'll ask you this same question. Uh, when yeah. you get Bella Cravens back in a, uh, I guess, a cap- capable of taking a full minutes load uh, mm-hmm. in a game, do you move Bella Cravens back into the starting lineup, take Markowski back to her initial role in, uh, in more of a, a bench role player spot, or do you keep rolling with the hot hand? I, I, that's really interesting, and I honestly hadn't thought about it until you, got, you brought it up just to me here. Um, I, I don't know if there's a way you can go that will necessarily hurt you. Um, we, we see it with the men's team where they bring a guy like C.J. Wilcher off the bench, hopefully to provide a spark. And I guess if Amy Williams wants to do that with Alexis Markowski, where you're not really having a drop-off from, from a, you know, your first post player to, to a, a person coming off the bench, then I guess Alexis Markowski, though, listening to her post game, she'll embrace that. Um, she actually got kind of emotional talking about all the youth that are, is finding substantial time uh, throughout this the season here early on, so 
I would honestly pro- keep Alexis Markowski in the starting lineup until Bella Cravens is fully healthy. But then I, I don't. I honestly don't know if you can go a certain way because you're not having a big, uh, a huge drop off when if you start Bella Cravens over Alexis or or vice versa. So I, I think you can. Amy Williams has the luxury of going either way and and find success with each of them. I think the big thing for me that separates Markowski from Cravens uh, in who I'd want in the starting lineup is uh, Markowski's ability to uh, stretch the floor, and she really, yeah, she really flexed that ability tonight. Uh, with her excellent three-point shooting, as you uh, mentioned earlier. Craven's not really much of a three-point shooter, 0 for 7, I believe, last year from three, so she doesn't take it very often, uh, and she doesn't make it. So I think you'd want to keep Markowski in the starting lineup and then use Craven's off the bench. Uh, what say you to that? Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I think you, that'd be just fine. Um, Alexis Markowski, like you just said, can stretch the four. Uh, in the postgame, she was asked if she's ever hit six threes in a, in a single game, and she goes, well, maybe in an AAU game, but she's not playing Iowa in AAU, right? She's not um, facing up against Cisnano uh, or, or however you pronounce her last name. I thought Nebraska, though, off the, I, I know this is switching up topic of discussion, Big Sky, but one thing I want to make sure that we mention is I thought Nebraska did a really good job on Warnock of Iowa last Sunday. She came in, she shot 6-6 six six from, from the field to start off. She kind of lit Nebraska up in the scoreboard column last Saturday or last Sunday. Tonight they did a really good job against Warnock of Iowa. She only, I think she only finished with eight points, shot 33 of six from the field. And that was one thing that Amy Williams said uh, post-game, is that they really switched up their game plan on Warnock. They wanted to play her more physically, and I thought they did a really good job of that. And Allison Weiner, I mean, Caitlin Clark drops, you know, 31 again against Nebraska, but it's a young player on, on an All-American potential guard, and she's going to get hers, and I thought that's just this. Tonight was a really, really good growing experience for the youth, as well as this whole four-game stretch. Absolutely. Uh, that's all the time we have for you tonight, Nick. Thank you for joining us on the Women's Basketball Postgame Show. Yeah, appreciate it. Make sure I talk to you tomorrow, man. All right, sounds good. As we let... Nick Sainert, go. We'll say goodbye for tonight's women's basketball postgame show. Lots of positives for the Husker women's hoops uh, as they narrowly lose to Iowa uh, for potential officiating reasons. Uh, We'll say goodbye for tonight, but we'll be right back on this station tomorrow morning with early break at 6 a.m. Jake and Sip have a great show for you guys, so be sure to tune in for that. Good night and drink some water.